Hello, and welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Now here's Pastor Tim. Anybody excited to be here? Isn't God good? So this is the um, end of our second week. We start our third and final week of prayer and fasting tomorrow. How many have been enjoying our time with the Lord for the last several weeks? Man, this week, uh, the temptation, boy, was a struggle, fam. I really wanted to drink a ginger ale. (laughs) Some of y'all got nervous. I really wanted to drink a ginger ale today, and I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I got to hold steady. So hold steady. Trust God. He's in the process, right? He's going to do some amazing things. If you're a first-time guest here, we want to say welcome to Embassy City. We're so glad that you're here. We're so excited that you've made this a place where you've come uh, to get something from the Lord. If you're watching online, our Vitamin E family, thank you so much for being with us in the overflow. We love you all. I believe God's got a word for somebody. Somebody say amen. Amen. So I want to real quickly just talk about our graphic for a second. Uh, We're in the series called What Do You See? And we're talking through the vision that God has for us as we enter into this next season. And so the first week we talked about the importance of vision. And then last week we talked about come to know God, which is one branch of our vision. Now, the reason why we have a tree as the graphic, and you've probably seen it out there as well, is because when you look through the Bible and you look at our vision, it's pretty much the life cycle of a tree. We come, which means that we are planted. We grow, which means that we sprout out. And we go, which means we produce fruit. So this is why we have a tree here. Because God desires for every one of us to be fruit trees. He doesn't want you just to be a seed in the ground that doesn't grow. But he also doesn't want you just to be a tree that doesn't produce fruit. But God wants each and every one of us to go through a life cycle, to come to know him, to grow in our faith, and to go change the world. So today we're going to talk about the second branch of our vision, and that is we're going to talk about what it means to grow in faith. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 11. 1 Corinthians Chapter 13, verse number 11. We're actually going to read two passages of Scripture to begin. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 11. Paul writing, he says, When I was a child, I spoke like a child. (laughs) I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man or a woman... I gave up childish ways. Somebody ought to send this to somebody you know needs that. <laughs> just text it to them. Hey, I just got, I had a word just sitting in church. You got a word and I think it's applicable to you. So check this out. God said it, you know. Ephesians chapter four. Let's go to Ephesians chapter four, verse number 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, 
to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to, check this out, grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Isn't this what we're dealing with in our culture right now? Everybody is being tossed about by every wind and doctrine. Upset one day, happy the next. Full of faith one day, full of fear the next. This is child's play. God doesn't want us to be unstable. God wants us to grow in our faith until we mature into being more Christ-like. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about growing in faith. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for drawing us here. I pray that in the next few moments as we dig into your word that you would give us ears to hear, a heart to receive, and a mind to understand what you would say to us. Let your will be done. Let your purpose be accomplished in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Amen. All right, so I'm about to hit you with some some serious revelations. If you're taking notes, write this down. All of us, without exception, are born into the world as babies. That's a revelation right there. Not a single person has been born into this world with the ability to walk, to talk, to argue, to reason, to make sound decisions. Everybody is born into the world as a baby, completely blank, completely void of conversation. Everybody is born as an infant. Even Jesus was born into the world as a baby. Now you think about this. He could have come down out of heaven on clouds. He could have rolled up with a horse and a chariot of fire. He could have came any way, and yet Jesus himself was born of the Virgin Mary as a baby. We celebrated Christmas just a few weeks ago. He was a baby in a manger. He didn't work miracles. Boy, wouldn't that have been something, though? (laughs) He didn't walk on water. He didn't do any of the things that we know Jesus was able to do. He was born into the world as a baby. Now, now when I read scripture, I have a vivid imagination. So I'm wondering, like, how did Mary and Joseph feel about raising Jesus, the Son of God, as a baby? Has anybody ever changed a diaper? Imagine Mary is wiping the behind of Emmanuel. I just wonder, like, what were Mary and Joseph thinking when they saw Jesus behaving like a baby? 
when he was fussing because he was hungry, when he was uh, grumpy, when he was waking up in the middle of the night. What were they thinking? The, the reality is we all are born as babies, as infants. We are not gifted yet, but we are born with the potential for giftedness. But what stands between the potential of giftedness and giftedness is growth. Even Jesus experienced that, right? Because we read about Jesus in his infancy, and we, we read about him as a baby in a manger, and then we see him again at the age of 12, and he's confusing the wise, and he's teaching, and Mary and Joseph like, what you doing, son? We're going to take you back home. And he, he submits himself to Mary and Joseph. And then the Bible says that from 12 until we see him again at his baptism, the scripture says that he grew or he increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. Jesus Christ himself went through a stage, a series of growth. Now, here's the thing about babies. We love babies. Babies are amazing and they're cute and they're, and they're funny and they're cuddly. But we don't expect babies to remain babies. We expect babies to grow up. It's cute. When the baby is fussing because they want something to snack on. But it's not cute if you're 35 and you're fussing because you want something to snack on. <laughs> right? Like we anticipate babies are going to fuss over things that they can't have. But at a certain stage of your life, we expect you to grow up and start acting like you grown but how many know that age is never an indicator of maturity? Uh-oh. <laughs> right? Age is just an opportunity for maturity. But it's not an indication of maturity. We have a lot of people that are older, but they're still young. And we have a lot of people that are young, but they're older. Because the Bible doesn't measure wisdom and stature and maturity based on your age. If you are, oh, I'm about to get in trouble now. If you're several decades old and you still want to lay around and play video games all day and not go get a job and not provide, don't fuss about not being in a relationship. It's time to grow up. It's time to mature. It's time to increase, right? It is the will of God for all of us to grow. In fact, we would assume, and, and majority of the reasons why there's stunted growth, usually the lack of growth is an indication of malnourishment. Yes. Come on. Let me just say this. Isn't it interesting that in the natural context, we expect babies to become grown-ups. But why is it that we allow spiritual babies to remain spiritual babies? So in order to understand what it means to be a baby and what it means to be a grown-up, I want to do kind of a comparative analysis between an adult 
and a baby or a child or an infant. So, so let's go back to Ephesians because Paul, he often would personify spiritual matters. In other words, he would use an actual uh, real life example to give us a spiritual illustration, right? And one of the things that he talks about is he talks about when we are born into the body of Christ, when we come to know God, we are born into the body of Christ as infants or as babies needing milk. Jesus talked about that. You read about this in John chapter 3 when he says that you must be born again. Nicodemus was confused. Jesus, he came to him by night. Hey, Jesus, question. You said we must be born again. How could a man enter the second time into his mother's womb? Jesus said, are you so wise? But you're asking me how you must be born again? That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Know you not that you must be born again of water and of spirit? In other words, what Jesus was saying is when you're born into the body of Christ, you come into the body of Christ completely blank as a baby. All your sins, past, present, and future, have now been forgiven. You start completely over. This is why you don't have to uh, rely on the past. When you come into the body of Christ, God says your past no longer defines you. Your future defines you. God defines you, right? So when Paul is talking, he says, we are born into the body of Christ. We are born again. We are reborn into the spiritual body of Christ as babies. However, he says, I don't want you to remain babies. I don't want you to remain an infant, but I want you to grow up. The Greek word is oxano, which means to increase. I want you to increase in every way into Christ. So in order to really understand that, we have to evaluate what are some characteristics of babies? Can we talk about that? So let's talk about babies. One of the characteristics of babies is that they have limited vision. Limited vision. And we're talking about actual babies, but this also has spiritual connotations. So did you know that when a baby is born, they can only see about 8 to 12 inches away from them? Which is the exact measurement of space needed to see about from here to here so whether you're breastfeeding a baby or you're bottle feeding it all they can see is the one who's supplying their needs <laughs> everything outside of 12 inches is blurry because they're not concerned about it they're not worried about what you're doing across the room. They're not worried about what's happening in the, in the living room. Or They are concerned with, give me my milk. <laughs> I want to drink some milk. This is what a baby is like. And it's the same in a spiritual connotation. Spiritual babies are only concerned about who's feeding them. And when they are hungry, they will let you know. They may not see where you are, but they will scream until you pick them up. And carry them. Babies are only concerned about those who care for them. I'm just talking about natural babies. Here's, a, here's another characteristic of a baby. They lack self-control. Does anybody know why we put diapers on babies? Because a baby or an infant doesn't care where they are who they're with, what's going on, they will poop and pee and vomit whenever they feel like it. 
They, they will pee on you. They will poop on you. They will throw up on you. If you've been around a baby, you know that there is a danger of something happening at any moment. That's why I've got diaper changing down to an art. I said, fuck, fuck. <laughs> I, it, It's like being at the rodeo. You know what I'm saying? I got to change you quick. But babies don't really care where they are, when they do whatever they want to do. Why? Because they are babies. And the same is true in the spiritual context. <laughs> spiritual babies are not concerned about where they are when they throw up, poop, and pee. Let me, let me tell you this. This happened to us, and it happened to a child in the Rivers household that shall remain nameless. <laughs> but I, I got a call from Janice, and she was practically in tears. She said, Look at this. She hit me on FaceTime. I said, oh, I know it's serious when it's on FaceTime. And she went to the room where the child that shall remain nameless resided. And she said, look at this. And this child had gotten into the diaper genie. And pulled out all the diapers and opened them up and went to work. <laughs> Let me tell you how bad it was. We had to get commercial cleaning done. And that didn't work, so we ripped up all the carpet and laid down wood floors, because we said we couldn't mess with this. Now think about some of these spiritual babies. They will unpack diapers. They'll get messy. They'll spread stuff around. Why? Because they're babies. Here's another characteristic of a baby. They have to be carried. Babies are not born into this world with the capacity to walk. If you got a two-month-old, and, and you know, every parent does this, right? My child started walking at eight months old. <laughs> with your two fingers holding them? Yes. Right, but, but babies are not born into the world with a natural inclination to walk, right? I mean, they're birthed out in diapers and they start taking, taking off walking at three months, impossible, right? Why? Because they don't have a sense of direction. They don't know how to balance themselves. Have you seen a baby's head? <laughs> right? The scariest thing is holding a newborn and his head go back. Right? You got to try to catch the head. Why? Because they don't know how to get anywhere. They depend on a grown-up to take them where they need to go. Why? Because from their vantage point, everything is a big deal. From their vantage point, every distance seems like a mile away. From their vantage point, they don't know how to get there. They just know, I want that. And they depend on somebody else to take them. Our, our youngest son, Zion, he's 15 months, uh, Zane, he's 15 months old, and he's at the stage now where he can walk, but he can't get to certain places. So what does he do? He goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knows how to get me and point. And that's just what spiritual babies do. They don't have the capacity to walk, so they need a grown-up to carry them where they need to go. Because when you're a baby, you will walk out into the street. When you're a baby, you'll jump into the pool. When, when you're a baby, you don't have the maturity yet to understand where danger is, so you need somebody to guide you there. I'm just talking about the characteristics of a baby. Here's another characteristic of a baby. They're selfish. 
Babies are not concerned about you. Can I get a parent to say amen? amen? When they are born, they're not worried about your feelings. They're not worried about what's going on in your world. You, your whole world could be collapsed. You could have lost your job. When you walk into that house, they want to know, where is my supper? They're not there to comfort you. And some people, oh, no, not my baby. They understand love. They reciprocate love. No, fam. It's because you're feeding them. <laughs> Outside of them getting what they want, they got no love for you at the beginning. They just know, hey, you're feeding me, so I love you for it. They'll smile at you as long as there's milk dripping out of their mouth. But babies are inherently Selfish, right? They, they are concerned about their needs. They're concerned about when they're hungry and when they need to be changed. They are not worried about you needing to get sleep. They will wake you up at 2 a.m. in the morning and want to play. Y'all see how personal this is right now? This is personal to me. And you got to put them back in the crib and say, you need some rest, but they don't get it. Why? Because they are selfish. Here's another characteristic of a baby. They can't feed themselves. Babies need to be fed for sustenance, but they don't have the ability to discern what is nourishing. They don't know proper nutrition. They don't know how to even pick up a spoon Grab the oatmeal and put it in their mouth. They want you to go. You have to, as the grown-up, you got to go make the oatmeal. You got to go get the milk. Why? Because they don't know how to feed themselves yet. They haven't grown to the maturity to be able to go to the cupboard and know what to get. They don't know how to get to the fridge. They just know when they're hungry, but somebody who is mature has to go feed them. The same is true in the spiritual context. Spiritual babies don't know how to feed themselves yet. So, so they end up thinking that they're getting revelation, but they need somebody to expound on the revelation. You know, they, they read the Bible and pick up on certain things like, I'm pretty sure this is what it means. It's like, no, let's go back and check that again. Man, I was reading in the scripture and like, you know how the Old Testament, they had two wives? Like, it's in the Bible. No, fam. <laughs> Let us grow in this. Here's another characteristic of a baby. They can't clothe themselves. Little babies don't mind being exposed to the world. <laughs> Every one of our children went through the naked and happy stage <laughs> where they just want to run around with nothing on and they don't care. They just want to run wherever. They don't know how to put their shirt on right. They don't know what, 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 how to put their pants on. They don't know how to dress themselves. They don't know how to comb their hair. Why? Because they haven't been taught yet. They haven't uh, found out and, and, and they don't have the understanding yet how to clothe themselves properly. And the same is true in the spiritual context. When you are an infant or you're a baby spiritually, you don't know yet how to put on righteousness. How to put on holiness. How to put on self-control. You're just a baby. And, and here's the thing. Here's what I want to clarify. Is that we expect babies to be babies. We don't get mad. I don't get mad at our 15-month-old for, for me having to carry him. It would be ludicrous. It would be psycho if I looked at our 15-month-old and been like, No, you drive yourself. 
It would be crazy to look at any of our children who are growing and be like, no, you fix your own food. I know you're three months old. Get your own oatmeal. It would be crazy to think that our, our small children could dress themselves. This is why it is important to have mature believers so that we can help infant believers. Because the scripture tells us that we should not be upset when babies are being babies. And let me just say this. Right now in our culture, there are so many churches that are filled with babies who have been in the body of Christ for years. That's because somebody is willing to just give them milk because it's convenient. It's not convenient sometimes to cook chicken and make vegetables. Um, Oh, this ain't even my notes. But, But milk to a baby is nourishment. Milk to an adult is malnourishment. And, and, and here's, here's what happens though. We get frustrated, oftentimes the church gets frustrated with the growth rate of babies. And so now churches are filled with people who have spiritual shaken baby syndrome because some impatient, narcissistic, psycho leader is getting frustrated at people on their journey so they shake them up and try to conform them to be an adult when the baby doesn't even have the capacity to do those things. Not here. Not at Embassy City Church. We respect everybody in their journey. Our goal for you is to see you grow at whatever rate, at whatever stage that you're in. What you're going to find here is love, patience, grace, guidance, We'll carry you if you need to be carried. We'll clothe you if you need to be clothed. We'll help you if you need to be helped because this is an embassy for anybody. Babies, adults, teenagers, you can come here and grow in your faith. So why is it important that we grow in our faith? It's important that we grow in our faith because as you grow in your faith, you become more Christ-like. There's a difference between being a believer and being a devoted disciple. A believer is one that just simply believes in Christ. You can come to know God and then stifle your growth at that point. But, but, but it's the will of God for you to constantly grow in your faith. And there, here's the thing. The, the theological word for this is sanctification. And, and sanctification, the word literally means to become holy. We are all on a journey at various stages, working to become more like Christ. The goal of church is not just to come to know God, but it's to come to grow in God. It's for you to get to the place to where you can start getting a word from God while you're in your quiet time. For you to start feeding others when they're in need. For you to get to the place where you're carrying somebody because they can't carry themselves. The goal for all of us is to grow in our faith. And you may be sitting there going like, well, well, how do we do that? Well, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47 gives us a perfect description of what, of what we need to do to grow. And there are four things that are highlighted in this, in this passage. 
And this is right after Acts chapter 2, verse 38. It's the inauguration of the church. The church begins. The scripture says that that day, 3,000 people were added to the church on the day of Pentecost. And then it gives us the description of what these believers begin to do to grow in their faith. The first thing that they did is that they devoted themselves to teaching. Children learn by hearing. The scripture says hearing comes by the word of God, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In order for you to grow in your faith, you have to commit yourself to sound teaching. When you come here on the weekend, you're going to hear some teaching. And it's not always going to be me. We're going to have other people come. We're going to have people from within our own house. We're going to bring people from without. Why? Because it'll give you the whole counsel of God according to Scripture. You'll hear different perspectives and different personalities as they expound the Word of God. But we all have to be taught, right? So commit yourself to teaching. The second thing that you should commit yourself to is prayer. Prayer is God's way of communicating with us. And, and I know that sometimes... Prayer can be very difficult. Anybody ever have a hard time praying sometimes? It's okay. You can raise your hand. Don't leave me up here by myself now. <laughs> prayer can be difficult sometimes because sometimes you're like, who am I talking to? And why is he not talking back? But prayer is a way that God has designed to communicate with us. We communicate with him. He communicates back with us. If you have the Holy Spirit within you, if you've come to know God and the Holy Spirit resides in you, he will give you promptings in your heart. He will highlight things in your mind. He will speak to you through other people. There are times when I've gone and I've prayed something to the Lord and somebody who is not attached at all to what I prayed comes and gives me an answer. But when we pray, we should also pray with expectation. Right? So when you go to pray, and it, and it has nothing to do with being legalistic. Like, it, many people's relationship with prayer is they feel like, man, I got to pray an hour or God ain't hearing me. That's like saying, unless my, me and my wife talk for an hour sitting across from each other, we don't have a relationship. Well, sometimes we sit and talk, and the first conversation we ever had on Skype was seven hours. But sometimes we have a 10-minute conversation. But we stay in communication. That's what prayer is. Here's the third thing, and a third way that you can grow in your faith, and that is the Bible. Somebody say the Bible. Bible. The Bible is so important because it is the canon of Scripture. It is God's word to us. It is a roadmap. This is where we can find all the answers to life. Well, I don't know where to start. Start in Proverbs. Read a proverb a day for every day that coincides. So January 1st, read Proverbs 1. January 2nd, just get into the word of God and let God begin to speak to you through his word. This is the word of God, but the word of God also comes through preaching and teaching. But if you want to have a personal relationship with God and begin to understand how he talks, get into the word. Here's the fourth thing that they did to grow in their faith. The fourth thing it is, is they got into community. You cannot grow by yourself. If a baby was left without community, they wouldn't make it. Right? But how many casualties have we seen in the church? Because babies haven't been put into community. 
because infants hadn't been put into community. It is the will of God for you to be in community. Here at Embassy, we believe in community. That's why we have a resident class. It's our membership class. This is why we want you to become a part, not just, not just, uh, no, become a part of the community. Join a part E. Somebody do that louder, though. Whoop, whoop. Join a party. Get in community. You know why you need community? Because when you're down, somebody can lift you up. When, when, when you're lost, somebody can find you. When, when you need accountability, somebody can reach out to you. You need community in your life. And when you do these things, you will grow in your faith. And it is the will of God for you to grow in your faith. Why? Because the scripture says that when we all grow, we supply strength to the body. If the finger is broken, it affects the rest of the body. If the hand doesn't work, it affects the rest of the body. Isn't it amazing that you can stump your toe and your whole body collapses because of something this small getting affected? But that's the body of Christ. When you hurt, we all hurt. When you're suffering, we all suffering. If you're malnourished, the whole body is malnourished. That's why we need everybody, everybody to get into the word, to commit to teaching, to get into the Bible, to get in a community. Why? Because as you grow, we all grow. And we want this church to be a church of healing, of love, of guidance, of grace, of mercy. And it only happens as we all grow in our faith. So it doesn't matter what stage you are in your experience with God. You may have just last week given your life to Christ. Which, by the way, can we celebrate over 30 people responding to the gospel last week. How amazing is that? You may just have signed up to get water baptized. And can we celebrate the 50 people that just signed up to get water baptized? It doesn't matter where you are on your journey. One thing you're going to find here, we don't judge babies. We believe in process, and we as humans are not the judge of process and progress. God is. But what we want to see everybody, if you're online, if you're here in person, we just want to see you grow, steadily grow. Maybe it's you grow in prayer. Maybe it's you grow in faith. Maybe it's whatever stage that you're in in your life, God just wants you to continue to grow. And the word grow literally means to increase. He wants you to increase in your faith, to increase in your ability to evangelize, to increase in management, to increase in parenting, to increase in your marriage, to increase in your child rearing, to increase. That's what God wants for every one of us. And so this is part of our vision is we want people to come to know God. But when you come to know God, that ain't the end of the road. That's just the beginning. Because we want you to move from coming to know God to growing in your faith. Become a tree. I'll close with this. Anybody ever seen the redwood trees? You can see them in California. And what a lot of people don't know about those trees is that they are ginormous, right? 
but they don't go very far down into the ground. Their root system is actually pretty shallow in comparison to many trees. But what these trees, the strength of the redwoods is that when they go down, they go out. And what ends up happening is they intertwine their roots with the roots of the other trees. And so you end up seeing thousands of trees that are so tall and so big and so robust, you can drive cars through them. You can't even hug them. You can't even be a legit tree hugger with a redwood. But the strength of the tree is in its roots being intertwined with the other trees. So that when the wind blows, they all resist the wind. When the storm comes, they all resist the storm. When, when the hail comes, they all take the hits. Why? Because their strength is in community. This is why we all need to grow in our faith. Because your growth in, a, in faith is not this way, it's that way. And when you do that, it produces that. So wherever you are in your journey, I want to pray for you. If you would bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, I pray that you would show us right now, God, where we are in this journey. Whether we have just come into the faith or whether we're teenagers in the faith, whether we are adults in the faith, there's always room for us to continue to grow in our relationship with you. I pray, God, that we would be a community of believers that continues to grow, continues to increase in our love, in our affection, in righteousness and holiness. I pray, God, that we would always look out for the young in faith, that this would be a place of healing, that this would be a place of acceptance, that wherever people come from, whatever their experiences have been, whatever they've seen in the religious spectrum, I pray that when they come here, they would see you for who you really are. A God of love, a God of mercy, a God of restoration. So right now, God, we give your name all the praise, all the glory, all the honor, because you're worthy of it. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. amen. Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Urban. If you'd like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text embassycity, all one word, to 77977. We pray you have a great week. Thanks for listening today.